Hello, my name's Richard Cox, and today on the show I'm joined by Alex Cowley. Alex got involved in the practice of mindfulness as a young man when he faced a life-threatening illness, and that led him on to an investigation of non-duality, which has carried on throughout his life, and that's a journey he's going to tell us about today. So we're going to leap straight into that story in three, two, one. here we go. Are we t- talking about what's brought me into like the mindfulness stuff? Yeah. Yeah, and how it all happened. Um, so, what were we on, 2017? When I was 21, so that was seven years ago. So what's that, 2011? I got leukaemia. And in that, when I had leukaemia, um, and I knew nothing of mindfulness, or, anything, or I don't know what I thought of meditation, really. I probably just thought it was a bit weird or something. But um, I had a kind of like a near-death experience throughout the treatment. And I was, I don't know if I was dying, but I was not well at all. And um, what happened? Um, When I got flown over to Liverpool from here and I was really unwell and I was in a lot of pain in my arms... And I had this sort of like intuitive response where I just focused on the pain, which was mm-hmm. like, it's a meditation, isn't it? It's bringing mm-hmm. the, your attention into the body. So I was kind of caught up in a lot of thoughts at the time, worrying about what was going on with me. And something kind of instinctively, it was like, it was like a, something came over me to just do that intuitively. And I don't know how long I'd done that for. I don't, I, I don't know how long I focused on all this pain but when I did I came out of it and I was like very sensitive to like the energy in the room mm-hmm. you know I could I could pick up on the vibe and I, and I felt a lot of love and I, would, I was listening to music and I'd never heard it before like mm-hmm. that and, and then I, I it, was, it was it was an amazing experience and it really it brought me a lot of confidence and a lot of uh yeah, it brought it, I, I've had a lot of love for things and I was enjoying life at the time. And then I kind of, over the next couple of years, lost that. But I'd had the experience that had given me this insight to this completely different way of looking at yeah. life. Uh, that Like the awake, I'd awoken. So that never leaves you. And regardless mm. of losing your, your mindfulness and becoming the ego again, because I didn't know... I wasn't my mind at the time. You didn't have a context. To put that I didn't know in. what that was, so I so I just went back to identifying with my mind and got maybe well maybe not more lost than before, but just as lost. But I, you still have this. I don't know. Once you contacted that deeper level within yourself, there's so much uh, like spiritual knowledge there. Mm. You know what I mean? Spiritual. Yeah, yeah. That that even once you be become egotistical again or whatever you know you you lose yourself back in your mind you don't ever lose that different way of looking you know there's something you, else you, going on as well yeah you, not not that it's like not not because I didn't I didn't know like I didn't have direct experience and I knew I'd had an experience spiritual experience I mm. could put it into words what had happened but um, it's just the, the, the there's a you see, because you've seen through your thought processes, because you've seen through your thoughts, you've seen, you, you can then, you you then not, you then articulate yourself at a different, 
in a different way. Um, so you, you can kind of look into like maybe egoic structures within like workplaces or businesses and you can see what's going on there. So that understanding that it brings about, that doesn't lead, it, that's left mm-hmm. there with your being. And uh, yeah, it's the interesting thing about maybe like meditation itself, like this it's like non-conceptual intelligence, isn't it? That yeah. you seem to be contacting that, that it, it's given you that experience. So if for however long I'd done that meditation for or that, that moment, there was such a profound impact it had on who I was, who I, who I became and the, the insight into who I was and it just completely changed who I was at the time. And mm-hmm. That, that doesn't leave you that whatever that understanding brings doesn't leave you. And at some point you started to explore what the experience was. Well, you. so, so, so what happened then was like, I'd, I'd had that experience. I knew that that was, what I wanted out of life because I was so in love with life. I was so felt so connected to people. I felt there was so, so many good things you can go on about it. And then I lost it all. Uh, and I got really anxious and f- felt like suicidal. And, um, yeah, I was really in a bad, I think I had a reawakening at that point. Mm-hmm. I think something happened because what, what was happening is I'd, once I I started to identify with my mind again, thinking that it was me, because I didn't. I, that's what I always thought. Mm-hmm. This is me. Mm-hmm. I became very identified with it again. And then spent like the next two or three years very identified with it, and then maybe consciousness snapped me back awake. Mm-hmm. But because it it you know like they uh, Echo Tolly talks about um, the it the what's it called the ego goes like that and it it. Uh, it's like a electrical plug mm-hmm. that that bursts you awake, or whatever. It was mm-hmm. kind of like that. I was so identified with my mind that right. something. I that's well. This is quite hard to talk about, but I'll say it anyway. I had start to have quite disturbing thoughts mm-hmm. about things, about doing certain things. I don't want to say what it is, but um, it kind of something se- saw could see the insanity mm-hmm. in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, it was oh. Why am I, why am I the mind? Because yeah. I thought I was the mind thinking that, and then that was like the separation, because I realised I wouldn't think a crazy thought like that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that. So I could I saw oh shit, and then I was was steeped in this anxiety because I continued to have this thought, and it was so strong this thought form, and. Uh, I started then looking for a way out and that's when I started to do like these kind of like uh, YouTube meditations but when I was doing them I came across The Power of Now Mm -hmm. and got totally and then read that and when I read that something resonated because I'd already had that experience that touched upon Mm. what that teaching was saying so it would it it was like there was the ready you know because he talks I think there's I think you can give that book to so many people and then they're not ready to start having that experience, you know what I mean? So So you're about twenty three now. Yeah. You've come through the physical health difficulties with the leukemia. Yeah. And you've hit a real low in the psyche. Yeah. And that's kind of gotten you to a point where you have to start investigating this stuff. It's yeah. the the low has almost taken you to a rebound and you start reading Eckhart Tolle. 
Yeah, yeah. So like the, the low was so hard to live with. How much anxiety I was stuck in at the time because it was like really intense. Luckily, I wasn't working at the time, but I was just stuck in this really full on anxiety, hmm. and there was just no sense of being able to be at ease in that. I think Eckhart Tolle's work perhaps speaks to a lot of people in that way because he talks about his own suicidal low and then snapping out of that and he can write and describe that experience and then he read eastern spirituality and put it into that context and i think a lot of people have something of that even if it's not as dramatic if it's a glimpse of it of hitting a real low and that low opening up the greatest high they've experienced yeah too yeah it's like that it's like that sort of shooting uh sort of yeah you get to a point don't you and then you have to kind of break through to a to a different way of looking at it. Or... So where did that take you then in your mind and in your interest? Well, in that was the start of then of this living in the now type thing. Just trying to trying to bring myself to that place now. So at first it was just getting out of this anxiety state, trying to ease this wave of negativity I was experiencing. Um. As, like when you're kind of that stuck in those in those thought forms um, and that like clouded kind of way like uh, like way of looking like you're reading these books and you're just like desperately trying to hold on so you're not really grasping it fully you're not really able to to st- start to find find a way out it's only when you start to, I mean I'm just trying to I'm just trying to bring myself to that place again. Like, what started to happen then? Mm-hmm. I imagine there was a bit of a a struggle, perhaps, between seeing a way out, but also the other thought forms being quite strong. Still. Yeah, they, yeah, they're so strong that you you're not really able to not be them hmm. that much. So you just kind of yeah. I, I'm just trying to think. I, I remember spending time at like I just carried that book around for like a year. Yeah, and just spent time with it but I can't really I can't really bring myself to that place where I was um, bringing myself out of it through meditation or whatever okay well that I might don't be, know I don't might yeah. be a good thing that you know, you're not able to revisit that yeah that yeah like... yeah it's, it's, a, it's funny that I can't really I can't really really remember how I start it's, it's further on that I can I have more of a memory of what started to happen mm-hmm. like with the meditation and stuff I mean, so I, I can I can understand the carrying the book around because initially I think it's like these things offer hope right and there's like the book is almost an anchor that even if I'm not there yet here's this account of how it's possible to get there, get and, there yeah. and as the months turn to years then in this being in the now practice what effect did you start to notice that having yeah that's that's good like um, it's it's a funny it's a it's a funny process because you go through different stages with it where you're you're still when I first started to have that book I would I was I was still kind of doing music I was still quite heavily involved in music once the anxiety started to die down I was still quite heavily involved in music but I was having these different experiences and I was still kind of going out but feeling like going out with my friends and stuff like to the pubs I was still feeling like that I was moving away from all that all mm-hmm. those sort of things because I was practicing this kind of secretively in a way mm-hmm. you know I was 
this was what kind of mattered now. I knew I'd had the experience, so I wanted to get to those sort of feelings again, that loving sort of feeling again. And you slowly find yourself just, as you're practising, feeling slowly better. You're not that aware, really, because you're kind of, there's a lot of pain and baggage that's still going on inside you, but because of the practice, it's slowly kind of, it's slowly starting to, Mm. you're slowly starting to become the awareness or whatever, and this is slowly starting to, not become as important and and not to you don't if you start to feel lighter yeah as as you as you're going on and um, and you notice that process of becoming more identified with the witness of your thoughts as opposed to the thoughts themselves yeah it, it, it's like it's like it's sneaking up on you a little mm. bit and you're just slowly starting to see oh no you know and then at one point I just stopped going out with anyone or doing mm-hmm. anything and just went very introverted and very reclusive and just still for a while throughout that there was still an identification with the mind and there was a kind of insanity going on with me as well mm-hmm. there was a kind of a, because once you start to I mean I spent like three years like alone just mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. doing this and um your mind you're still identified with your mind to a degree Mm. and and this is quite good that we talk about this because this is like the process that you go through like different things that that you see so so we're moving on a bit now so we've come from like this um just found the teaching started to just start to practice teaching but not really understand the teaching not really understand the whole you're kind of doing things and you're feeling lighter but you're still kind of the ego quite a bit mm. and then there comes a, a space where I was going out with my friends and I just decided right I'm just going off by myself now and literally would just spend all my day alone mm-hmm. kind of not m- always meditating but sometimes sometimes meditating and some sometimes doing different different things but just alone with these feelings arising mm. and passing away but there's so much of it. it. I mean, I spent like three years alone just with things coming up and letting them go, coming up, letting them go. And I think throughout it, at some point, you're still identified with the mind. You're still believing in certain things. And it's like, I I, I would... I, I was quite identified with the, 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 the guarded side of... Mm-hmm on my mind like the protective element and uh, protecting me from kind of um, the the outside world a bit kind mm-hmm. of feeling that like there was negative energy going on and right. I could take this, these were sort of things that were going through my head at the time and I kind of believed that that um, that other, other people could have hurt me and uh, you know negatively and I mm-hmm. could take on and so I was always kind of guarding that mm-hmm. a bit so so there wasn't a real letting go. So I became quite uh, and quite uh, alone. And so even though I was spending all this time trying to get to this place, I was still there was still a belief in those things. You know, in those things, there was still. 
Well, it's quite um, it's quite typical if someone goes on a kind of spiritual journey, mm. say, to have a period of isolation. Mm. So it sounds kind of very um, not not exceptional at all. All right, in what in what you're saying there for mm. uh, for this kind of journey, um, and it's also, I suppose, typical to emerge out of that at some point. What's that? Sorry, to emerge back out of that, at some yeah, point yeah, and, yeah, and well, reintegrate good. into the world. Yeah, <laughs> it's good, you know. Yeah. So, did you find that happening? Yeah, I mean that. That's so. That's that's what's happened, and slowly. Yeah, so it was about two or three, no, maybe three or four months ago that I started to stop. It's still quite a prominent feeling, that feeling. But it doesn't seem to have its... There was there was a, there was was a an interesting thing that happened. It, I was blocking myself out from, like, pubs and stuff, thinking there was bad vibes and all this sort of stuff. And it was it was like a misinterpretation of what was going on. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was, it was... The thought was not, like, reality or whatever. But I bumped into, like, an old friend, and he kind of said, come and play poker with us. And for so long, I'd held on to this. Mm-hmm. No, you know, I'd, held, I'd, fiz- I'd yeah. feel the... F- and I'd say, no, I can't. And then it, I just went, okay, I'll come. And I went. And then the next weekend, I just went out to the pub with my friend. I just mm-hmm. went. And then it just started to happen like that. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it wasn't like a, a decision I'd made. It just started to happen. And I was like out there and could kind of see that it wasn't really real, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, since then, it's just kind of been like that. But um, I had an interesting talk with Mike today. I mean, this is this is um, this kind of sneaking up on me. And sometimes I don't believe it's true, and sometimes I do. And like they they talk about you don't do anything. You, you know, you know, you know about the non-doership sort of thing. So sure, yes. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about this because I yeah. know that you got into from the kind of Eckhart Tolle stuff. Um, into mindfulness and into the more non-dual traditions mm. of um, questioning the very nature of the self. Who yeah. is it that really lives? Who, who is it that has these thoughts? Yeah. Is it this witnessing awareness beyond thoughts? And um, that can raise a lot of questions um, about who is acting. Um, should I sit and meditate? Is there an eye that chooses to yeah, sit and meditate? Yeah, you see, this is interesting. This is what's and happened to me literally today. It can be... Um, quite a, a difficult realm to step into in some ways and yeah raise a lot of um contradictions to what you've initially believed yeah so, so it, it, it started to creep up on me the other day and now and i can say with i can say honestly that i i i don't know how, how true this is for me mm-hmm. and that's who knows where that will take me but um, the, maybe like a few weeks ago I started to have this sense that I wasn't meditating that mm-hmm. I hadn't actually been doing any of what this I just thought I was doing it so I thought I was sat down meditating and witnessing thoughts mm-hmm. and doing whatever to, you know and something started to I was reading Ramesh Belsakar mm-hmm. and it was kind of saying, it was saying that you're not doing it. And uh, as I was sat there, it started to like, I started to have this sense that I wasn't meditating right now. And 
that I hadn't done anything and what and what's been happening is that consciousness has identified itself I am consciousness and consciousness is identified with the mind and is there, there is no me who's who's meditating mm-hmm. there is no me who's thinking these thoughts it is me and that idea is is so so I I would think like this morning I was thinking I can let go but really it was letting go mm-hmm. now I was speaking to Mike about this this morning and it came through really clearly this is when I was speaking to him about it like it was like it was like really understood and there was like Mike was saying stuff and it was like no 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 like it was it was it was like really clear but it, it, it's that clearness is gone um, but but basically the, the idea is is, is like there, there never was a you that was that was that was slowly dissolving yourself yeah it is dissolving itself or it is identifying itself so you can't you have no choice in that process it it seems to be doing it it's it it's identified itself with the mind and you're walking around thinking right if I let go but it's thinking if I let go it, it is it consciousness is all all there is or whatever now I don't know how true that is but if that's true um, I think that leads to freedom if if consciousness allows that to happen if that makes any sense mm-hmm. like um, once it's understood that you don't you're not identifying with the thoughts then it well it doesn't lead to freedom at all because it can do what it chooses to do it can identify you with the thought or it can dissolve the thought it can meditate or it won't meditate it, mm-hmm. it will go and do this by the shopping or it won't if there's no you doing it that, that that's what started to become like an understanding within me mm-hmm. um, I honestly don't know how true that is and like this morning it was really clear but you know maybe even part of it the part of the you see like it's 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 the confusions it itself Mm -hmm. you know what I mean these are almost impossible conundrums but there's nothing you could you could you couldn't work it out anyway because it will it will work out through you or it won't do do you know Mm -hmm. I think it seems to it seems to make sense because like um, when I like read Ramesh now, like and it, it's 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 a lot clearer to me than it was before mm-hmm. because I was still looking at things like I was talking to Mike about it and he says, well, you know, like Ramaharshi would say, who are who who am I, mm-hmm. you know, um, to 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 a person mm-hmm. and they would go and investigate that, but what the enlightened being knows is it it's speaking to consciousness. Consciousness is playing a game. Like it, 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 there's no need to have a conversation because consciousness is the only one that is investigating who it is. It just feels like the individual's doing it at the time mm. until consciousness decides the individual is no longer, and it frees itself of that idea that it's that it's ever done anything. That that seems to be what was becoming like understood this morning mm-hmm. so so you're obviously wrestling with some pretty big questions yeah. um, at the moment 
have been for some time um, and that could be a process that goes on because they are big questions yeah, yeah, yeah. but where does that leave you um, in terms of your personal life and your sense of well-being how is this going into the more non-dual traditions do you feel helped do you feel helped do you feel like a better state of mind because um, of it yeah I mean it, everything seems to be more like it, 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 it's there's, there's more acceptance of what is mm-hmm. and that's including your own suffering that just becomes more natural like there was a time there was a time when I was like say when I was um, when I was thinking um, you know I, I wanted to kill myself halfway through all this Mm-hmm. because I thought I can't get to freedom I can't have freedom and now it's becoming more acceptable that I can't have freedom because it just it's, it just seems so impossible for me to get freedom when you say freedom freedom from suffering you yeah. know from the, the, the thoughts and the, you know it, 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 I've been at it for like three or four years so much time spent alone like mm. I don't know. I don't know how many people. I mean, there must be quite a lot of people that go that intensely. But I don't think the majority of people, even people who do pick up this sort of spiritual stuff, spend as much time on it as maybe I have. You know, mm-hmm. it's literally just become everything. That so today was interesting because, and where that takes me, I don't don't know because I could just be back doing the same thing again. But today was the first time that. It felt like I I didn't care because I kind of knew that, that I didn't need to care because I couldn't mm. do anything about it. But I've had experiences like that in the past and I end up back in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like where it goes and, you know, how long, I mean, where it takes you and the, the benefit of it. Where do you see this going as you continue to wrestle with these kind of concepts into the future? Well, if that becomes clearer, that sense of non-doership, then I think that... Oh, I don't know, because the, 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 the non-doership, the non... I'm not doing it. It's like, I can't... Basically, what happens when those profound insights come and they're so clear and you're so... You're so not the self that you can't start to believe uh, in those moments you can't start to then believe that there's something you can do that's so profound that's going to end this experience end this experience of suffering so as I say it seems that like consciousness doesn't care too much how much you're suffering mm-hmm. you know if it's identifying itself with the suffering you know and it's unidentifying itself what the process that takes it's beyond my control, you know. So, I I I don't. I'm not getting my hopes up anymore, hmm. which probably is quite freeing, actually. You know, so that's the seeing in itself. I mean, once you know, Ramesh talks about an understanding will cut off of thought. You know, if you understand something at a certain level, certain thoughts will become quite relevant. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I said to Mike this morning, I said, if I've understood that that I I don't do anything, then I'm not going to be so intense the next time I get away from suffering mm. I'm not going to be like right I can do something about this mm-hmm. you know because I'm quite it's quite clear that it's 
I d- you know once once you kind of start to see starting to really start to feel that that's the truth that there's not much you can do about it mm-hmm. you're not gonna waste all your time on it so trying to change it trying yeah. to tr- yeah I don't think that that means that I'll stop meditating because meditation may need to happen but mm. like you're not gonna keep falling for it being is you know when you're stuck in kind of like wanting enlightenment and you you kind of right really, if, if I I'd let go I need to let go you know these sort of things I don't know if you have similar experiences like mm-hmm. you know if I like if I because because like the other day two days ago I was like right all I have to do is let go and that's probably quite true in one respect you know but but if if I'm thinking I can do it yeah then it still indicators of you there that's going to do something there's, yeah that can can and it doesn't happen you know but. That if this, if the understanding is correct, then consciousness has done that itself. That it's kind of made you believe that you're still the doer. I, I I can't tell you for certain. I can't tell you, but I believe that that's what enlightenment is. That as that someone that if someone that's understood has realised that they they don't do anything and that it it is consciousness is the identified consciousness and consciousness is unidentified in the being and they wouldn't continue to get trapped in the seeking mm-hmm. but I think that may become very clear to people and and consciousness stops the seeking mm-hmm. because it, it it's done with that that being doesn't that being has been shown that it never seeked, so it doesn't need to keep. You, I mean, you're not going to keep seeking something when you know that. Well, I don't know. Uh, anyway, it's 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 not clear with me and where it goes or where it do, You know, it's, I don't know. Okay, it's, final it's question. Kind of like a, just a curiosity I have. Yeah. Um, I can see a guitar sat there, and I see pictures on your Facebook of you being very active and animated on stage, and there seems to be quite a, a contrast there between the. Um, the fairly introspective life that yeah. you're describing, but you're also getting on stage and being uh, this quite commanding presence. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. How do you experience the relationship between those two things? This what, how they help each other, or do they interrelate? Yeah, Are they totally independent? Definitely, or? definitely. Like, there's definitely more uh, confidence is a big thing when it comes to like stage presence or mm-hmm. like being on stage. Um, yeah. So, um, the the like the ego is quite an insecure kind of. You know, you you don't. There's not much belief in yourself. This is what I think. Um, I quite like talking about this, and I I can almost study it. Like musicians, you know, top musicians like um, Jay Z is an example of it. There's a lot of self belief. Mm-hmm. So they so so. That I believe is comes from a, a med- some sort of a meditative practice that they are that self doubt that that they that most people believe in within themselves mm-hmm. is 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 not as believed in and they and that gives you such a, more confidence to express yourself and to be a presence on stage. Mm-hmm. So um, at any time I've been creative or or had the confidence to kind of be on stage and that present place within myself it comes from it comes from there right 
it, it comes from that place and there's an understanding within that that can help you like I like study rock and roll because of it because I can see the depth of where it's coming from what it's expressing mm-hmm. like rock and roll itself you know and I think that comes from like a conscious place you know what I mean I don't think that people that make music at the top level are doing it unconsciously I think I believe they're conscious and present right. while they're making music and I think that there's a quality and present mm. I think a lot of art and stuff will will like pre- being present is where the power is right, within okay. it yeah I think that I think that comes within there's so much stuff it comes into music and there's so many people like I love to talk about it like really people like Muhammad Ali I think he mm. was a present uh, sportsman yeah I think this connection between spirituality and the arts is more overt in the east right with um, zen influencing calligraphy and art and the martial arts in Japan there's yeah. a really overt connection it, it there. comes together yeah whereas we don't so much have a philosophy explaining that it just you tend to get these randomly very talented individuals and then people in your position can speculate on on when, musicians yeah. like oh they they got something going on there. Yeah. They kind of I, I spend a lot, lot of time doing it. I spend a lot of time looking at it, and and you, I think the artist itself starts to understand it mm-hmm. because I listen to like Jay Z is a good example of at the moment. He talks very spiritually, mm-hmm. and how he he wants to he he believes in himself. And I think music, um, being a kind of front man and a rock and roll star, is to do with self belief, mm. and I think that can only come once you kind of erode that self-doubt within yourself and you kind of you kind of face that fear of not being good enough. And once you face that fear, I think you have the confidence to portray quite a, quite a strong image. I think a lot of people who are successful and they can command an audience have to kind of get away from that side of themselves. And I think you, you'll see it, and not all artists are aware of the fact that they do it, but I listen to like Jay Z and he talks about it. They start to their art their art should help people to see that within themselves. That's mm-hmm. what art should do. Art should help people rediscover who they are. Mm-hmm. And Pete Townsend's good from the Who. Mm-hmm. He talks. He understands what the art should do, what the artist is doing. Yeah. And he says what I would do is try and I would try and find uh, a, a character in the audience and relate to him and what the music's doing is 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 helping the artist look at who uh, sorry I'm losing it here um, the artist is like a mirror make, making the person helping the person to rediscover who they are through the art mm-hmm. the music itself and that that's not just the lyrics, but the whole piece um, is is giving you that. That's why people feel good when they listen to music. Because the minute you tap into who you are, you f- you feel better. Wow! Because yeah. of it. Yeah, I'm I'm like really. I spend a lot of time looking at that and fascinated by it. So it's not just that the spiritual stuff influences your music. The music is transforms spiritual. you too. Yeah, music music is spirit music is a spiritual function that helps people heal and like if you think about the emotion of songs and people cry to songs, it 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 expresses something 
of the human spirit. It comes mm. from that. It doesn't come from. It doesn't come from like. It's not like. It's not like. You can't sit there and write. You see, if you write, if you write music, you'll understand this because you sit down and it comes out of nowhere. It's like that. You know, it it comes from nothing. So it's unexplainable. Mm. Just like consciousness. Yeah. You can't put it into words. You can't. You can't put it. You can't put it into words. So. Um, what what am I trying to say here? Um, so uh, let me think. So this is like important to not not just spiel on about nonsense because it does. It do, there is some truth to this. Um, so music's very spontaneous, and you can't you can't sit there and um, you can't think up a song. You can't do it. Like if anyone tells you that, you know, it's like it's not like maths mm-hmm. where you could sit and you have you have to be able to sit with an instrument and find something within the instrument. I mean, uh, and it it's it, it does it comes out of the blue and it, it comes from w- within. Mm-hmm. It comes from within you, and you capture something that's real, and that that's. And exp- that's con- that's like consciousness expressing itself, you know. That's and that's what music, you know. I, I I believe that once you start to discover who you are, you can start to discover positive qualities, and you can start to express them outward. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you can do through music. Mu- music isn't just isn't just like dum 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 dum. There's style and there's um, rhythm within it. And those are real things that you have to tap into within mm. yourself to express them. So, you know, you're rediscovering who you are through the music, and that's coming out. It's like it's all about an energy thing. It's like you, 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 uh, you find that within yourself, and that comes out to someone else, and and that and it gives them a bit of who they are because. It's 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 a it's real and it you found it within yeah. you and that's within them yeah you know and that's how we can you know that's why if someone writes the the most they tend to be the most powerful songs are these very emotional songs that resonate with people mm-hmm. that move people and it's because they've managed to find the peace to settle into something and express maybe a feeling mm-hmm. that's why some of the greatest artists or the most um, Influential artists who have, like Adele, for example, it's very emotive, and people resonate with it. She's not, she's not just, she's not just dicking about. It's real. It's coming from a true place that she's felt heartbreak, and she expresses that, and from that emotion or place, and that resonates with someone, and they they feel that as well. So, um, yeah. Thank you very much for that. Alex. Okay. That's a wrap for the day I think okay, we might cool. pick up on the uh, the art theme in another conversation sometime okay cool Ace. thank you